Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. That's what she said, so... Welcome. I hope I remember to cut that. Welcome to Cinematics episode 148. Greg <laughs> starts off the program with a that's what she said joke. And that's not that's not hey, I'm Anderson Cowan. I blather about films here and there. That's Greg Serzovalski. He is a broadcast film critic association member. No, he's a critic choice member. Just remember, Anderson, we you know we had, the award just happened last week where we're now we're very uh, prestigious. You're talking to a prestigious critic who maybe you know, one I one Greg, of these days maybe you and I will be Rotten Tomatoes critics. Greg, I don't know. You have been nice? prestigious in my mind oh, since you. day one since the very first and this is no lie i'm not blowing smoke 1996 i first met Gron greg serzovosti i can remember exactly where it was uh the building the desk the placement of the desk in the building oh yeah very and good. it was yeah. right there right before the ramp there that wasn't a ramp at that time it was before they put the ramp in it was just stairs up to the uh, second little like uh oh, i remember that yes and you would be right over there and there was like a studio uh, right a recording studio right behind you black black window not important to anyone listening other than you and i yes but uh big computers i, I don't remember how we struck up a conversation but somehow movies I probably mentioned Brian De Palma within the third sentence. Because uh, we didn't work. We worked in the same building. We didn't work together. But somehow I learned that you were like the movie critic guy in the building. And uh, yeah. we started talking and we always had different takes. But we also we always shared the passion. Yes, passion. And we respected each other. And then, you know, our, our taste. And then we grew. I mean, we, we actually there's a good 10, ten year period, right? A ten year period when we we. Oh, it was glorious, yeah. We, yeah, we had no no uh, interactions. I didn't have to hear about uh, the, the wonders that are movies like such as The Power of the Dog. But <laughs> no, I from that moment when I when I first started talking, you were like probably the, one of the first very intelligent people to talk about movies that I ever had in likewise, my life. Likewise, yeah, like, thank so you. So it was really, likewise, I mean, you were surrounded by critics back then. I, yeah. Stop it. But uh, I always like, I would, I, it, he's one of those guys that I would get like uh, goosebumps while talking about movies and like it, the, 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 the pace of the conversation and the dialogue would always like pick up whenever i'd be talking i'd be like tired like walking back to the studio to do the 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 for all the bench show and, uh, and then i'd see greg and we talk about whatever the latest movie was and like i'd be energized and jazzed by the time i uh, jazzed you drove you drove me to baker one time and we never got tired of talking speaking we did we drove all the way to not baker we drove to, to vegas you I mean, you got bored once we got no, to no, baker? no 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 i'm just saying baker's yeah, the halfway point I, lo- I love baker and then and then i would just baker to vegas mm-hmm. right so the whole the whole thing the whole time we were intru- i'm just saying you you introduced we shared me to a baker. hotel room yeah it's nice it's very nice yes very, nice. very good anyways very like, good times. greg's a uh, critic's choice of uh very prestigious he has been in my eyes for years as you might have just uh, learn and uh yeah so uh, power of the dog congratulations greg on, on oh, you, uh, helping helping that happen i hope you know what speaking of before we get to reviews what, what i want happen I, one of these days i want you to be a, become a rotten tomatoes critic mm. i think it'd be, funny if, that'd be I, funny if i get rejected and you get you get accepted I i'm not awesome. i'm not going after it right you better uh, go after it yes sir uh bronco henry he's your favorite well, character never to be seen on a screen i love him i th- i think uh, you were saying that i my idea was nick nolte as bronco henry but you had a better idea you, who, who do you who well i mean if it? if i were to swing that way uh uh, and I don't. And uh, but if I were, and I were to fantasize about my own Bronco Henry, I think Sam Elliott would be the guy that I would pop. I in think there. he'd be perfect as Sam Elliott, or a younger Nick Nolte, because Nick Nolte nowadays is a little scary. You know, God damn son of a bitch. <laughs> well, the the one thing I know they won't dress up Sam Elliott as a Chippendale dancer, though. That's the good, good thing about the Power of the Dog. If they did a prequel of it of just the, the story of Bronco well, Henry, I don't understand that. I'm confused because, because he, Chippendales didn't be, exist. Oh, because when Sam Elliott was criticizing the Power of the Dog, he mentioned like the, the these oh he the did. Chaps and he said they look like 
Chippin, Chippin, uh, Chippendales oh. dancer. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. he's making some homophobe. That's not my kind of western. Uh, yeah, some people back in saying, my days uh, they were ram tough. Right, but but yeah, exactly. But but you know the way the way it was it was during an interview with a, at WTF with Mark Maron. He didn't uh, sound homophobic, but the way if you look at oh, it but as, seems some people probably heard it and said, oh, gotcha. Right, the gotcha, gotcha. crowd. The, the, if you parse and mince the words and you know put them together, it would seem that. But I I, don't, I didn't get that vibe. I had problems with Power of the Dog uh, that that weren't that. And my problems, obviously. I mean, what am I a monster over here? I'm an ally, Greg. I'm a soldier, Brian. Yeah. But uh, no, no, my my main problem, and it's a, it's a pet peeve. I don't even know if it's a pet peeve. I think it's a, a worthy uh, a critique of adapted films, and you should not be able to tell that it's adapted from a novel ever, let alone within the first ten minutes. And when uh, it's too Plemons, dense for you, too dense. Uh, the plot. I guess too dense, but it's it also hmm. goes back to. A, I don't want to wax too much here. We haven't even started talking. Hey, this is uh, episode 148 of said that we're going to be talking about the uh, last two weeks of March, the uh, the movies that are coming out. And Greg and I have seen a couple of them, a couple of bigger releases, which will give many any embargoes. Did you know before we go, this is the final 10 seconds on The Power of the Dog. No, no, Over I got the more weekend, Jane, Cam- Jane Campion, you, know, you know what she said when she responded to Sam Elliott's comments about her film? Uh-huh. She called him, she said, he. she basically said, paraphrasing, that he he's being a B-I-T-C-H. Oh, I like it. She the reverse. Even, she didn't even say the word, but she spelled it out. Oh, did she really? Like, you just did just right there? Yeah, yes. I mean, it makes, it makes it even worse, right? Sort of. He's well, I mean, a, it elongates a, it. It yes. makes it into multiple <laughs> syllables. I don't mind elongating. But anyways. Greg. Moving, moving, it's family show. Moving Greg, forward. Greg, we we're not say? moving forward. We're oh. talking about something, and now I've lost oh. my train. Oh, you, you, were, you were talking about the pile of dog films coming up that we're going to cover this, yes, this episode. I, I, I Some things. I did a hard left to get us back on track, yeah, but then yeah, I wanted to. To go, when when Plemons is in the uh, in the bathtub, right. and, and Doctor Strange is talking to him, and they're discussing whose house it is, uh, I I don't I don't think it was important to really. That might not be the greatest example, but there was many many small details that they just alluded to. Oh, there's that allude again. Uh, but they couldn't spend enough time on. Obviously, they're being faithful to the book. And there's this rule that you learn, especially if you go to film school or writing any kind of writing class. You know, don't put in what you don't need. It should always be driving the story forward. And I don't totally agree with that. If like a character has a funny line or a, a small little aside, uh, which is entertaining and tells you a little bit more about that character, I, I a lot of the time those things get cut. But with adaptations, adaptions, as it were. Uh, a lot of the time, they they I think they do put stuff that they find important from the book, but that's not necessarily would be important in the in the uh, the feature. And just like I don't like to watch a movie, it's like oh, obviously this was a play. I you know I want it to be its own thing. I, just like on a much larger scale, when I go see the Batman, and it's like oh, this is obviously based on a long, long, uh, yeah, vo- voluminous uh, right. uh, tome 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 of of work, and you have to be up to date on all that to truly appreciate this and it's I not yeah. i feel like every movie should give every uh viewer an equal opportunity see you're looking at it as cinema as a singular experience yes. i'm looking at it as sort of a clickbait way to step uh, like m- maybe this movie the power of the dog is a stepping stone to actually read tom savage's book you see what i'm saying oh you I, want it to be like a gateway a, a gateway mm. so i i look at cinema at times as a gateway as mm. a way to click a on window to, something, to uh, better things to, to, to other things to, to consume mm. more so maybe so you and i see it a i think it's my reverence for for films and what they can do yes. and how they should be their own little self-contained uh capsules okay which is a big a big reason why i like movies you can you can tap out of the real world and and just focus on whatever this person put you know with a help of a bunch of other people and they created this like 92 hour 
three hour movie if it's the Batman and you can just focus in on what that tone is, what that message is, what's going on with it, what the characters have to say. And if you love it, you can go back to it whenever you want. And they're going to be like friends that don't change because everything changes, Greg. But these movies are set in stone. They're cemented in 30 years from now. I'm still alive. I could watch the Batman and be upset with it then. Or maybe love it more 30 years from now. Or if George Lucas somehow gets the rights to it, maybe he'll change it. <laughs> well, speaking of change, I just want to say one, one thing. Before we, get, we get to movies we're going to cover for this episode little, very quickly. Peter Brady. Very, very good. Okay. So now Anderson can, so you're doing the CCP channel. One thing I, I actually can, can, I'm trying to resurrect. I've resurrected it again. Mm. It's our cinematics channel. I'm putting Bruce and Eric on our channel as well. I did and, not approve this. this uh, you did not. Yes. And then here's the thing. Me and Anderson, we're going to do some videos for the channel as well, as well as videos for Anderson, your yeah, weekly gonna, CCP channel. We're right? going to start. We're going to start giving the world what they want, which is images of us talking about movies. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff, content on the channel. Would love to subscribe to our Cinematics channel, the Cinematics Find Your Film channel. We'll as put well links as to the uh, yeah the Cold Cockle channel and the yeah. uh, Cinematics channel, and then uh, yeah, then I got my uh, Addy and Andy channel, which I'm resurrecting as well. Like oh, a lot of resurrections right we around. We got Easter. so many things perfect. on the plate. How would how, why, why don't you and I just focus on one thing? How we, we can't do that, right? Just, I can't do it. I can't you, do one thing. Good. Yeah, about that. Well, yeah. I would be really good at one thing if I could focus on it, but. Uh, mm. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have a lot of lines in the water with this gig economy, Greg. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of gig economy, I by doing more more coverage of films, I my love for crypto. I haven't had chance to, to okay. even even focus on that. So mm-hmm. I just so I well, guess I mean, it's, it's a good thing, convenient right? Convenient for you while it's uh, down in the dumps for oh, you not to focus yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah. Hey, Gregor, let's front uh, runner. I am. Yes, I am. Let's uh, let's let's move on to the the week. The, oh, and also for those of you who are not uh, Patreon subscribers, which is uh, very shameful, oh, yes. naughty. You should feel very naughty listening to this, which Greg and I put a lot of work into. In fact, we went on a date just last night uh, for this here episode, and we we saw a movie, one of the best, best movies I've seen in, in maybe forty years. Greg, right. The Lost City, yeah, uh, starring Channing Tatum, Sandra Bullock, and uh, Brad Pitt's in there as well. Uh, we went down. Uh, we went. It was like a four hour turnaround to uh, to watch this movie. Uh, yes be uh chastised by uh the the, the powers that be to uh everyone should turn off their phones and i there's a man watching a french man watching me watch the movie which it's been a while since i've had that experience since before was he COVID. was he giving the side eye or just the front not eye? not to just, me in particular okay, but everyone I, else it was a screening for the movie which is going to be a big hit i would imagine uh in a couple weeks sure but you know it's an early screening so he was making sure that no one was uh doing any funny business right he was doing a lot of watching us so i'm like eh. I get it that you don't love this movie, maybe, but maybe, maybe be interested in the movie. Curious, anyways, every now and then. Anyways, we'll be talking about that. So those of you who are are not Patreon members, uh, we landed on 1942 for uh, the month of April. Great year. We'll be celebrating the year in film of 1942, which includes... Uh, the, all the uh, Oscars that were won from the films from that year, the top box office, celebrity birthdays, people that were born in 42. Anderson's, uh, Anderson was extolling the virtues of uh, the Magnificent Ambersons and not, saying it's his best film that ever. Was, that what was, was, last, was that about? Oh, wait, that was last... Yeah, that was the thing. That oh, what, what year did we land yeah, on? We landed on 45. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, 42 45. was yeah, last yeah. month. Oh, my bad. Okay. 45. That's my bad. 40, honest, you just tricked me into saying my bad, which I don't say. <laughs> 1945 <laughs> is going to be for the month of April where we will be doing all those things I just said, as well as picking two accessible movies that were 
well received in 1945 and that greg and i have not seen and then we will discuss those so if you if you'd like to uh dip into a little 1945 and get the full catalog of everything all the different years that we've done thus far in between 1940 and 1989 you can do so over at cinematics uh patreon which is, there's a link in the show notes here as well okay let's that was, that was a good conversation that we had for the patreon i thought it was pretty good it was good yeah last couple months i've loved a couple movies and hated a couple movies and sometimes the when i really dislike a movie it uh it's more fun to talk about yeah. sometimes, especially yeah. if they're all dead and gone and I don't feel bad. By the way, the li- our limelight discussion was awesome. For, that was a couple of Patreons ago with Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Love that. Appreciate it's a him as a masterwork by Charlie Chaplin. And uh, underrated. I, was, I was not really all that familiar with it. It's not something they taught in film school. You know, I've seen it on his catalog, obviously, when I'm looking at all his movies. But it's uh, pretty much, in my mind, his last movie he ever made, even though he made a couple after that. But this one really was a celebration of his entire work. And it was it was not it was a talkie. It was. It was an unrecognizable Chapman, and uh, Very yeah, we open we open the window to movies like that yep. that uh, have been forgotten in time. So, are there movies that we we're covering on this episode that you would like to open as far as windows open? Let's go from as- Limelight to a movie that's coming out March eighteenth, which is probably very similar, as far as I can tell from what I've read about it, and that is a movie called X. Oh, are you a fan? It's directed by Ty West. <laughs> And X has nothing to do with limelight. Please, just at least recognize the the horrible joke, if not anything else, Greg. Yeah, I do. Well, it's both dark. I mean, parts of limelight reminded me of Black Swan. This, this maybe this this movie. This you West. know what? Right. You know what? Yeah. You're absolutely right. Limelight actually it's got dark. pretty dark. Yes, it yes. was pretty dark all uh, the way through. This Charlie Chaplin movie from nineteen uh, whatever. Yeah, something. Something. Yeah. It was. Wow. Uh, pretty. Yeah. See, it was dark. Good point, you, Greg. See, I, you know, right to the bitter end. It's dark as yeah, can be. Yeah. Okay. I love so that yeah, it, I don't think it's like X, but still, nonetheless. All right. So uh, this comes from Ty West, as as Greg said. Ty Ty West is primarily known for, I guess, Cabin Fever too. Uh, Oh no, he's like known for uh, what else? He's known for this movie called In a Valley of Violence, which yes. it's a western with John Travolta, which I really enjoyed in Ethan Hawke. And and I think he he did something like The House of the Devil or something and he he's a very respected filmmaker. I don't think I've seen any of his stuff, but I've seen his name out there quite a bit. I'm not a horror guy, so uh I I, I'm not uh, familiar with his, his breadth of work, Craig. He's a very he's a celebrated horror filmmaker, but what he did, what he showed in within a Valley of Violence that he can actually do really just different genre films. So maybe X is a combination. I don't know much about this. Could this be an is interesting. being marketed as like a grindhouse horror film throwback, and it's about these porn kids. I, I've seen the trailer a number of times. For those of you who have you seen the trailer? No, I haven't seen the trailer yet. Uh, it's. I takes place in the seventies and these, these kids are making porn and they rent a like a old farmer, a farmer's old farmer's house out in the uh, sticks and like they can use this house. He's not going to ask questions, but he says, he gives them a caveat. You can use the house for whatever you're up to. I don't care, but just care for my wife. Cause she's out there or something like that. And uh, it turns out that the wife is some kind of supernatural being. And, uh, a lot of old stock footage. I actually researched to see if this was actually shot on film. I couldn't find any evidence that it was. So I guess they're just using the new digital uh, packages to uh, create the film look. How does it look? I mean, the old 16 millimeter stuff looks pretty grindhousey. It looks pretty cool. But hopefully, it actually, I'm wrong and they actually did shoot some film because that's a missed opportunity if Ty West did not use this as an opportunity to shoot some old 16 when they were sh- supposed to be shooting the porn stuff. But early reports are that this movie is exceptionally violent and disturbing and that's not something i really pick up from the trailer trailer makes me wanting less are you actually thinking of maybe going to the theater and, Le- and- leaves me wanting um no no i'm not no but ty west maybe it's it's a director maybe you should 
checking on. Perhaps I'll catch up with, with it if I have to, but this is not my, my cup of A24. tea. A24. A24, they make some... Um, really interesting films. That's a nice way of putting it. They they lately Excellent. have been making movies that take a chance to swing for the fences, but you know you don't always hit. You I mean, don't always. You love. Contact. Come on, come on. I did. See, but yeah. they weren't swinging for the fences with that, other than maybe the black and white. But I mean, that's true. Very good. Very good. But I mean, like Lamb. What do you doing? I, I, no, you didn't see Lamb. Oh, I, I saw. Oh, lamb. you saw Lamb. I saw just Lamb. Pointless. I saw Lamb in the theater. Oh, that look, that's a pointless movie. No, I don't want to say pointless. It's just not for me. Uh, <laughs> Goat man. <laughs> no. You're right. Okay, so yeah, maybe I'll. I don't I'll, know what I was supposed to get from. I think I, it was one of those movies that makes me just feel stupid. Like I'm sure there's a lot more. There has to be more going on there. I just it never never came to me. You know what I mean? Okay. Kind of like going to a really nice restaurant where you're paying like you know two hundred dollars for your meal and they bring you like a tiny little quail egg. And you're like, I feel like there should be more. <laughs> Have you ever had quail? I don't think so. I've never had quail. Like either. the authentic quail, where you get like spit out the uh, bird shot right because yeah. the people that hunted it earlier that day no never done that no okay I've never, I've never done quail I saw, uh, so, speaking of March 18th there's a new movie Netflix as we speak today Windfall you mentioned Jesse Plemons mm-hmm. Jesse Plemons Lily Collins and Jason Siegel. sort of a interesting th- thriller Jason Siegel, he's a robber he tries to rob this really rich couple out in the desert in their desert home and that's it's a 92 minute thriller ended up enjoying it so that's a movie for 92 minutes. It, it's going to go by pretty fast. The, the wrap-up, the twist, isn't really a, just earth-shattering, but it, it really works. It delivers. And overall, just a really good experience, especially if you like Lily Collins, Jesse Plemons, and Jason Siegel. They all do really solid work in Windfall. It's so, a great cast. Yeah. No, no. It's, it's good. And it's Andrew Kevin Walker, the screenwriter behind Seven. He's one of the writers behind Windfall. Well, just a well-done movie. Well-done movie. I would recommend it, especially if you're just surfing around Netflix this weekend for a movie to check out and chris mcdowell had directed uh the one i love which was an interesting movie with uh oh you and elizabeth moss you liked it interesting oh interesting i want to say i liked it but i was it was interesting and kept me engaged uh yeah so i'm hearing a three-star review from greg on windfall which it's more of like a three and a half star three and a half out of five but uh, you know put that into my number cruncher here uh, which translates uh, to (laughs) one and a half oh come on come on i love it i'm sorry greg it's a sliding scale with Uh, you sliding scale with me speaking of which speaking of scales and ratings we we actually share we actually share a movie in common this week other than of course the lost city from last night we're talking about the outfit the outfit yes take it away Greg. well the outfit you know mark rylance okay mark rylance excellent actor anderson loves him from one of his favorite steven spielberg movies bridge of spies Greg, i'm in the room now so oh, I, can, sorry, I can you can actually i can thwart I, I, your uh, I, did i look yeah but yeah i'm absurd. looking at cold cockle productions there's a beautiful poster black and white poster of buffalo 66 vincent gallo christina ritchie yes. amazing film a film by vincent gallo and then right next to it is bridge of spies a film by that's steven not true spielberg. hey I can't, you know what you're doing you're, what you're missing the, the, the detail though you might not be able to see it. your your vision might be obscured oh. but the beauty of that yeah. uh, of the uh, the Buffalo sixty six poster right yes. there. Oh yeah, is uh, there's what? there's a strip, one of those photo strips. Yes, black and white on the bottom. Uh, it's taped to it of Jillian and I, and we're doing that exact same pose. Except oh, that's I amazing. reversed the the sides, which upsets me still. But we were at the Andy Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh. And I said, all right, we're going to go span some time, honey, span some time. And you can see that she's getting really annoyed with me because I'm being deadpan <laughs> Vincent Gallo stuff. But I have it I have it taped to my big framed Buffalo 66 poster. And every time I walk by it, which is multiple times a day, I get I get, I, I feel joy. 
I feel That's so happy. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna have to check out the film strip. My my only complaint though is, I, I I see your beautiful Butcher Boy directed by Neil Jordan, that beautiful Butcher Boy here in, in Cold Cockle Productions. But can you do poster, me a favor? Can poster. you can you can you move the Minority Report? poster you got there's, there's over, no that's, over, that's over it it's over it it's, greg yeah. and I, I mean you're just i have i do have a giant mosaic of all of spielberg's uh films and it's in a mosaic and it, and it creates the warhorse poster and that you're not you're not looking there talking about that which is upsetting this is gonna be great one of these days we're gonna we're gonna collaborate with spielberg and it'll mm-hmm. be just as he was my he was my he was my my fellow student. Greg. We're gonna be Eli Wallach and Lee Van Cleef at the end of uh, the good the bad. Spielie's a nice guy. I can tell he's a genius and he's okay. a nice guy he's and he's a, he's a growing child as far as I can tell. I watched documentary made give me new appreciation for him. Good. It's just the the, good. the yeah. whole thing with Spielie and I always go back to it is the guy could be making like Kubrick level movies or I don't know if that's not good. Well, he did AI. <laughs> okay, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. We're buddies. We we have. A, there was a lot of water. There's a lot of water. There's a lot of water on the bridge, so we're good. We're under we're the building. bridge of spies. <laughs> under the bridge of spies. Like my and, and I've said it a thousand times, and I'll, I'll continue to say it until he proves otherwise. Like he makes five movies for the studio, and then one for himself. And like he should be at least every other movie. Speely, but he's always making right now the, the new one coming out later this year. That's one for himself. It's a personal movie, his first ever personal movie about his own from his, you know, drawn from his own childhood experiences. That's going to be his own movie. Uh, but he's always going, OK, how can we get as many asses in the seats? And and he's the company man. And it's 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 hard for me to see a, a company man of, of such stature. Being taken by the company because, like you said, he's a genius. He's a genius. I mean, there's That's no fair, there's fair no. Enough. There's no arguing that, but he doesn't make movies for me or even him. I don't think he makes movies for the man. Can you say he also makes movies for me because I love the terminal? So now there's there are cinematics listeners will probably go jump on the Anderson count. But listeners, tell us: Are you on my bandwagon? With just I, I honestly love Spielberg. Or I, you know what else? I, I, I get older. Me, what? Yes, sir. Is that every time like you see like a young kid? I remember in uh, Dawson's Creek, uh, one of the James Vanderbeek. Yeah, yeah. He wanted Dawson. to be a, a director. Because he loves Spielberg. I didn't, I, my I, girlfriend that I was dating at the time, she loved Dawson. Loved Dawson's Creek. And she's like, you should watch it. You should really watch it with me. I'm like, I don't want to watch that. No, I don't want to watch that movie. I didn't say the full word. I, I, I heard it close. But uh, I said, I don't <laughs> want to watch that show. And she goes, you should. One of them wants to be a filmmaker. I'm like, let me guess. Uh, does he have Steven Spielberg movie posters in his wall? On his wall. And she goes, how'd you know? I'm like, because it's it's so tropey. It's so easy. There's other directors out there. When when you have Steven Spielberg be the go-to director for a young fil- filmmaker, that tells me that the person who wrote that doesn't really like movies. Can we say something, though? You know what I mean? As much as you and I, we're, we're going to talk about The Lost City down the road. And we, He's like the Yankees of of of, of directors. Understood. He wears pinstripes. But, you know, at his best. Look, lo- The Lost City. I, I don't know what your full review of it. It's my not directed re- by. Uh, no, but what I'm saying is. Even school. Nothing's gonna really touch Ra- like Raiders. Something like Raiders is just classic Spielberg stuff. So yeah, yeah. that's we why you call him a with, genius. Yeah, that's why you call him a genius. So all right, so good. And you know what? Some of the best Spielberg stuff that I've seen in recent memory has not been Spielberg. It's been like like uh, Super Eight, like Spielberg right. inspired movies. Right? right, right, exactly. Good point. Now the reason why we're talking about Spielberg is Mark Rylance. He is the star of the outfit. Mark Rylance starred in the Spielberg film Bridge of Spies. He plays a tailor. He doesn't like <laughs> to be called a tailor. It took us ten minutes. He, yeah, yeah. He, he plays <laughs> He's a tailor, but he doesn't like, want to be called a tailor. He's play, he's like, he would he's want to. He's a cutter. He's a cutter somewhere in mid fifties, late fifties, Chicago. He has his own tailor shop. But the thing is, he cuts suits. He makes suits for his main clientele are members of the mob. And what happens is, these members of the mob they have there's a drop box in his shop where they actually sort of 
put mail in, they get mail out, messages in and out. And what it's happens? Their PO is, box. It's a PO box, like right? And, and the, you know, he's he's one of the things that well, they pay him enough money for these suits and these alterations that he's actually turns a blind eye to the whole thing. What happens is one of these messages is very important because supposedly there might be something happening between two rival mob factions, something really important. And now the tailor, aka the cutter in the outfit played by Mark Rylance, he is now caught in the crosshairs with his assistant played by Zoe Deutsch. So that is the premise of the outfit. Will Deutsch. Will Rylance, will the cutter and his assistant survive the day with all of these mob influences sort of uh, floating around the shop and there's you know obviously there is impending violence right pretty much right you know violence right around the corner that is the premise of the outfit a movie that i really i highly recommend i loved it but mm. the thing is anderson you were talking about movies that should be just singular experiences you and i talked about this last night at the century city mall when we were wa- watching uh, the lost city this is a movie that feels a little bit like a play oh yeah and did that was but that a wasn't. strike against? Was it, that a strike for it, you? You know what? And this probably isn't fair. If it was based on a play, it would definitely be a strike against. And since it wasn't based on a play, I don't. I'm not going to be upset. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? <laughs> okay. I give it out a bunch of like needless details in there. I'm like, this must be a novel. And then it turned out it wasn't a novel. I'm not going to hold it. I'd just be like, why do they have so many? This was a smaller budget, uh, so they they kept it very, which I appreciate, and I can't you know fault it for that. They kept it all in one location. Uh, it takes place pretty much in a 24-hour period, and there's a lot of limitations, which I really, really appreciate. I like that kind of thing. Uh, the, uh, at first glance, if you've seen the trailer uh, and you're anything like me, I was thinking, my God, they 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 remade the Phantom Thread already? Why why would they make <laughs> at the first 30 seconds of the trailer, right? Because it's all about him doing his, his craft, which – there's a lot of that in this movie. And then uh, it's and then Guy Ritchie shows up and says, I'll, I'll take it from here. Paul Thomas Anderson. Thank you very much. And he continues to direct the Phantom Threat. That's what it felt like uh, for the from the trailer. Ultimately, what it is, is very Hitchcockian to the point that like open homages are being I shouldn't say open. They don't say Hitchcock. But I mean, if you've ever seen Rope or other yes. things, there's stuff that's just so You're just thinking Rope right immediately on that scene. Yes, uh, for sure. And it's. It's very clean, like a Hitchcock movie. Like it's supposed to take place what in the, the, the like mid to late fifties. I'm thinking it feels like the fifties Chicago set. Kind and of nothing does. It, I like the set pieces. I liked the design, but it didn't feel like mucky or like it just felt like it was new, and like a play, like a play might. Right? It, I didn't feel like I was in that period at all. I, okay, I, so that's a that's a subtraction for it. Yeah, because it, because it felt it, stagey. It too. felt very staged. All of it felt very clean, very staged, from the camera work to all the set pieces to the acting. Everything just felt staged. Okay, which I, I can feel. I can feel that there's a time and a place, maybe like a kids movie or something. But if you're making a violent movie, I want a little grit. You know, mm. I just, I loved everything about this movie. I this is close to a five star film for me. This is a four and a half. The outfit for me, four and a half stars. It's out in the theaters, but like Anderson saying, if you want something more expansive, it might not be a good theater watch. But if you're looking for some some kind of real dramatic, really good uh, dramatic thriller, I think this is should be right up your alley. But Anderson, so this is mine it's hard for me to talk any more about this without spoiling it, so I won't. But right. uh, I I mean from the get go. You had to know that something was up, and maybe you were supposed to, right? Yeah, of is that, I mean, is that? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and but you're you're just. I think the, the challenge of the outfit is to figure out what it's all about, and it, I I loved the, what the mystery was, what the mystery ended up being. Was it a huge surprise? Probably not at not. all. Probably, yeah. Probably not, not even probably. a little bit. But still, I loved the delivery of it. But so this is a movie. It's seems- a thinking man's movie. If 
that man's not thinking too hard. So Anderson, usually you'll give a movie that's a mild recommendation if it's in the room a three star. I think it's you're, three star, yeah. Oh, three star. I was gonna say I was gonna say you got a three and a half hit. Oh, so this is just like a mild recommend. I mean, if it's in the room, I give it points because it's a it's a original screenplay. It's it's. You, you like the performances? Yeah, the performances you're fine with? Okay, all right, yeah, yeah, fine. But again, yeah, one, 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 too stagey, way too stagey. Got it. And just not a movie made for me. Some people that they're gonna this is gonna go down super smooth. They're gonna love it. This is a movie that a lot of people. I, I I'm not surprised at all that you absolutely love it. It's in your wheelhouse for sure. Uh, and so just personally, you know, as far as movie goes, yeah, this is a recommendation. This is a movie that most I think a lot of people would like. One a big drawback that I had though was. Um, this happens every now and again where there's a lot of lead up and talk about an off-screen character. And in the case with, with the outfit, it's pops this and pops that and pops runs the show. And wait until pops shows up. Pops showed up. I'm like, I was hoping for Sam Elliott. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nick I was hoping for Nolte. I was hoping for somebody. And I didn't really get not, not, nothing against that actor, but I'm like, that's because there's so much lead up on pops on who pops is going to be when he yeah. shows up. Huge letdown. And that was engineered. That's true. A good actor, but he didn't have the presence. Not the presence. I'm thinking, but you, uh, you, you know, I don't think you've ever seen this movie, this movie called Billy Bathgate. Bruce Willis. I saw Billy Bathgate. Yeah, the, Bruce Willis in the beginning. He, he, you're like, whoa, okay, that's Bruce Willis. And he's looks like he's going to die or something. I keep hearing reports that he's losing his mind. Yeah, I know. That, that, that's very, so very, very sad. But yeah, I, I agree. They needed someone with a little bit more presence for the boss. But overall... High marks for me. And then I, once again, I can't get into it without a, a bigger discussion without spoiling, but I, there's plenty of, not plenty, but there's a couple of huge plot holes unless I'm missing something. But hmm. I mean, okay. All right. You know what? I, I'm not going to ruin the movie. He's got a P.O. box, right? People have to yeah. come in through the front door to oh, drop sure. off the little yeah, like yeah, the yeah. secret messages uh-huh. and whatnot. And they do all, you know, it's essentially, it's a, it's a P.O. box for, for a criminal outfit. And only they know that the box is there and that's how they, they communicate back and forth. If they're, all they had to do was ask him or his assistant who it was that came in and dropped off the thing, and they would have had answers because they would have known who dropped off the thing, and that was never discussed. Right, right, because, that's true. Because the cutter and his assistant were in the building whenever the P.O. box was being used, and they're like trying to figure out who dropped off this, and they, they never once said, who was it? What did he look like? Was it a guy? Was it a girl? They never – that would have – that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I get that point. I get. Am that I point. missing something? Maybe I'm missing something. Yeah, I miss right. So I that miss. is the outfit. It's mild recommend for Anderson. Strong recommend for me again. But I would say heed Anderson's words regarding the fact that it is a bit stagey. So if you if you don't want that from your cinematic experience, wait for streaming. Hitchcock's one of the all time greats, and I don't know if there's a more stagey director. Right, now, but like you're saying, it. oh, but like so you didn't love Rope. I loved Rope. Oh, you loved Rope. It's stagey, but it worked because of the execution. The execution of Rope was, okay, yeah. I, fair. And especially at the time, nothing had been seen like Rope. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And Rope, it, it, I mean, this, there's no, it's Hitchcock in, in, sta- in staginess, but it's not a Hitchcock uh, movie. And like, Hitchcock got away with some of the staginess because you're like on the edge of your seat going, how is this going to actually turn out? Oh, it's not going to turn out sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that is the week of March 18th. Nope. Oh, you got one more? Alice, Greg. Alice. Oh. Speaking of telegraphing, um, I want to talk to you briefly about Alice. Oh, which never? Uh, yeah, Scorsese film. Uh, sorry, nope. Ellen Burstyn. That's, that's, Alice doesn't live here Alice anymore. Alice doesn't live here anymore. Yes, yeah, this is Kristen Veer Linden uh, with Kiki Palmer playing the uh, titular, as, as Brian would say, uh, Alice, mm. and uh, it's a slave in the antebellum South escapes her secluded plantation only to discover a shocking reality that lies beyond the tree line. I don't know. If this movie is going to rely on its village-like 
story tropes are telling, which is, you know, if anyone who's seen uh, M. Night Shyamalan's uh, The Village, you know what I'm talking about. Sure, sure. You find that out in the, the towards the uh, Alice, the poster has her holding like a, it looks like a snub-nosed 38 special or something, and it's supposed to take place, as far as she knows, in Antebellum South until she escapes. She better escape really early on in this movie, is all I'm saying. Otherwise, they're giving everything away on the poster. But if you look at the trailer, it, it's a weird it, – it, you're thinking, is it a time travel movie? Because part of it is Antebellum South and part of it is 1970s black exploitation kind of genre. So it's an interesting mix. So obviously she's living on a, an estate where it's like they got some redneck crackers out there who are still pretending that it's like slave days, right? And then she escapes and realizes, oh my god, this is all set up on like dog tooth style. Like I, I was living on this island thinking that – you know. But what I'm saying is that twist, which is revealed in the log line and the poster, better happen early. Yeah, true. Better it better happen early. Our buddy Bruce Perky saw Alice, so he had, he had a he had his own thing to say. He said we shouldn't even really even review Alice uh, over right. on our our sister podcast. Uh, Find your film. Right. That said, I've been reading reviews of Alice. Some people really love it. Some people really don't like it. So mm. we'll see. If I, I have the screener link, I'm going to actually end, end up watching to see maybe this. It's an. It seems like an interesting film. So I'm we'll curious. See. Yeah, I'm curious, but uh, yeah, Kiki, I like that Kiki Palmer. Hey, All right, Palmer's very good. So that's uh, March 18th. Oh, by the way, before we go, March 25th, I'm March 18th this week. Hulu. I, I'm sure you subscribe to Hulu. Your favorite actor, the good Affleck, Ben Affleck's in a, with Anna De Armas in a erotic thriller called uh, Deep Water. Oh, directed so, by so directed excited. by your, one of your favorites, Adrian Lyne from Nine and a Half Weeks. So mm-hmm. just FYI, might be might be something to watch. Only I can only hope there's like half the sexual uh, energy, right? <laughs> from Nine and a Half Weeks. So are you excited about like the? Dr- oh, am I excited, Greg? Are you ever I, I would like to preempt this episode to try and go find some clips. Uh, can I bet that in the back room by myself? You know can I bet good money that you'll never see Deep Water? Is that a movie? Oh, that's the that's a that's a pretty good bet. <laughs> okay, it's so pretty good bet. Yeah. That is another movie. Hulu. I don't know if I, I don't know when I'll get to see Deep Water, but let's get to let's get to the next week, the final week, March twenty fifth. Mm. Well, I, is there anything else to say about the Lost City that that we've already not said? Sandra Bullock and uh, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum's a cover model. Sandra Bullock's. We didn't really. Okay, so we saw author. the movie last night together, and then we Greg actually broke quarantine. It was the first his first. Right theater going experience since covid which i also I find coughed on shocking. everyone i coughed on everyone I find and i went sh- maskless yeah hockey uh, yeah on, on the way there because we had it set up I and mean, he just kind of told me in passing last week hey, i'm going to this yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i said hey i'll go like that sounds fun and then we'll, we'll carpool and he said oh, cool and on the way there he just he says yeah I've died. this is my first movie going to the theater in over two years that's crazy that yeah, you would see. break it with with this movie. I'd well, break it with you. So I like that. Sandra Bullock uh, is. I, I like her very, very much. Yes, very likable. Uh, I like Channing Tatum very, very much. And of course, who doesn't like Brad Pitt? As my wife says, uh, she thinks that guys like Brad Pitt more than girls, even these days. And there, there might be some truth to that. And I think they tapped into that in this movie a little bit. In they fact, did. I know they it's did. Good. It's good. Uh, Channing Tatum was like uh, looking at him with awe throughout. Understandably uh, the scenes so. That they shared. No yeah. disrespect to Tatum. Yeah, it's Brad Pitt. But we didn't. We drove home. We barely even talked about this movie. Greg and I just get talking about everything, and uh, we didn't really even talk about the movie itself, which was interesting. And I'm like, we're going to talk about it tomorrow. So here we are. Yeah, this movie reminded me a little bit of *Romancing the Stone*. I I ended up liking the ad- actual adventure part of where she, you know, she has to go to this uh, island and find this whole lost treasure, and then Daniel Radcliffe, uh, aka Harry Potter, is the bad guy. I I was fine. They, they ha- there's a lot of comedy in this movie. A lot of comedy. 
It didn't completely land with me. It's a rom-com. Yeah, it didn't completely land with me, and I don't mean it in a bad sense. I enjoyed the actual action and the Brad Pitt stuff. Guys, you and I couldn't be different. Really? I I like the action and the story of it, and I would recommend it as as an overall experience. Some of the comedy did land for me, but I I like the adventure part more than everything else. So this was directed by the Knees Brothers? Yes. Right? They they directed a a movie that Greg and I covered early early cinematic days uh called uh the band of robbers yes which greg liked quite a bit and i thought it was a little bit uh, light a little light self-conscious i think uh but here they are directing a, this is their i think the, their follow-up feature yes follow-up like okay. five years later and yeah. it's a big giant studio Huge. right production yeah. which you know it's pg maybe pg-13 can't take a lot of chance it's not a movie that they had me in mind for at all that said uh, I was interested to see what these these scrappy young brothers would make uh, after making you know one small little um, indie feature, and it had a different flavor. I don't want to say like a Shane Black type flavor, but maybe it, the first act was kind of Shane Black territory. Like it was it was a little bit edgy. It had a lot of fun detail. I was laughing quite a bit in the first act, and the little details like this. Like okay, so she writes these. I, I th- I'm sure that I. The, the ad campaign for this is absurd. I'm, I would think this is one of those movies where they're spending as much on the camp ad campaign as they did on the budget of the movie. Sometimes they actually eclipse with the budget, which would be interesting to, to, to do, to say, okay, this is how much the movie cost, $50 million, and they're spending $60 million on advertising, which happens. Uh, but yeah, this thing is plastered everywhere right now. And so I would imagine most of you are, are familiar with it. So... But just in case you are, she writes romance romance novels, and uh, her cover model, Fabio type, it's a Danielle Steele type yep. off, right? And he's involved in the new book tour for her new book, which was very difficult for her to write. She had a hard time writing it, and she doesn't feel good about it. And she knows that she kind of mailed it in. She had writer's block, all that stuff. I didn't. I appreciated they didn't spend a lot of time with the writer's block too, because that's so cliche. But then she shows up to the first little tour spot and uh, Channing Tatum also shows up and she didn't know that he was going to be there for their, their for her book tour, uh, for her reading or whatever it was going to be with her fans there because turns out people love the cover of the book as much as they love the book, maybe more so. And there was a lot of talk uh, of that and a lot of commentary on that about how people just like whatever the poster says and they like things for the wrong reasons and, and whatnot. So he comes and he upstages her and there's some really funny moments. Right before that, her publicist is telling her that she has to wear this one suit, this this pink uh, sequence one suit. <laughs> and she's upset about it. She doesn't like it. She has a wedgie in the front and the back she's talking about. And there's this one little... I, I thought it was really promising, Greg, because the sound guy because she's about to go on stage and the sound guy comes out and he has to mic her up which i'm about to do with you too i got i got some lavaliers that i gotta put on you a lavalier that i gotta put on you for the video we're about to do oh, and yeah. it's it's tough miking people i've had to do it hundreds of times and when they're wearing crazy stuff like that don't mic me up dude. they're I'm wearing crazy. crazy stuff like that it's tough I'm sensitive so she so it's like a it's a wide shot and sandra bullock's talking to her publicist and uh her her new social media person and it, you know some cliche jokes there for sure but they were funny they were they were working and they don't really even allude to it, but the the poor sound guy is kind of in the frame. He has no real lines, and he's just standing there, kind of trying to figure out how to to put. You can see his initial reaction, which is there's no punch-ins or anything. It's just there on the screen, and he's like, oh, you can see that he's upset by what she's wearing because he has to mic her. And then she finally just says, I'll, I'll mic myself. Go away. Go away. You're very good at your job. It just that little detail. And it's a throwaway line, a total throwaway line. And. I really like the first third of this movie, which is everything we've seen in the trailer. Well, whether it worked or not, what's really cool with with these brothers is 
the incidental characters, the supporting characters, they get a little bit of their chance to throw down some to comedy, shine. to shine. They have a little bit of their subplots as well. So it's just not the three people. It's just not – I mean if there's anyone who's actually short-shifted, it's, uh, shifted, it's uh, uh, the da- Daniel Radcliffe. He basically – he's sort of a, a one-note villain. But there's the other characters who are pretty good. In this I would have liked to see more from, from Daniel. Him, you know, yeah, so, yeah. So or I, from that character in general. I, so you're giving it a little bit of credit. Are you? No. So ultimately, what happens is the longer this movie goes on, the the dumber it gets and the less laughs. And I I like movies that make you laugh more as it goes, and they get maybe a little bit more involved. And this one seemed to me to tail off, and mm-hmm. it was all shot in the Dominican Republic, so it's beautiful backdrops of jungles and whatnot, but it just got more absurd and more ridiculous. And it that's fine if you can keep the comedy coming, but I felt like the comedy started to trail off, and uh, ultimately it needed a little more Brad Pitt. And mm-hmm. uh, I would have liked, because I love the stuff with the Brad Pitt character. It's saying. <laughs> yeah. And... And that felt more like the guys who directed Band of Robbers. That felt that there's that Brad Sieg, that it just so off kilter and it worked. But then the rest of the movie kind of relies on the chemistry between Channing and, and Sandra. And it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. And uh, to your point about the the sub characters, subplot characters, the 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 supporting characters shining. You know, it's it's another one of those movies where I you know uh, I know there's some controversy going on right now about turning red, and uh, there, there's, a, there's a lot of. Uh, Asian Americans who are upset with uh, certain critics who are saying that it's too narrow scope of a film, which I I hate to say it, but I kind Would of you disagree. I kind of agree with, uh, and I what? said it. It's the most personal Pixar movie ever made. Talking about turning red now, and it's a very specific um, experience. And uh, usually, Pixar movies are universal, whether they're about robots or cave children or you know toys. Like they're pretty. Uh, Coco is is pretty universal because it's about memory and forgetting ancestors and and, and you know, what it means to exist on on Earth. And so you're saying turning, thematically, maybe turning red is very very about being a teenage girl and and going through puberty and having a domineering mom. In the case of turning red, an Asian an Asian mother. And it was interesting that Pixar would would make Pixar continues to evolve and try new things. The movie didn't land with me. It didn't work with me. It didn't work with my wife. It didn't work with my, my five-year-old son turning red. Like we, none of us loved it. We watched it. It was an okay animated movie, but it wasn't Pixar, you know, top tier. And people, I guess, are very upset at, at critics for saying, yeah, they all take that and they say, Oh, you don't like Asian stories, which is not true. That's not what I'm that's going even, with at all. Right. Yeah, and that's, I don't know. I, I haven't read other people's. You're reviews. just saying the, the story itself was a narrow scope or just did not fit with you did not jive with the you. thing with pixar that they can normally do is they can make it say a narrow scope but they can get everyone to buy into the experience and this one i know it's not a bad thing it's like this like i love movies that are complete like i've never felt that i've never been through that you know situation and i will never be through that this is the closest i'm ever going to be to a situation like that i didn't get that from turning red in the sense that, oh, I know what it feels like to be a teenage girl now or becoming a teenage girl with a domineering mom. Like, I, I didn't feel her angst because it's, it's a kid's movie. Like, it didn't open my mind. Anyway, I, yeah, yeah. Before, I'm biased. Asian American. I thought it was a fun story. I really enjoyed it. And my, my, I didn't dislike it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You would recommend it, right? To a teenage girl or like young girls. Okay, well, I'm not a teenage girl, young girl, but I, my niece, Claire, she loved it. And we both enjoyed it. It's It's one of these things where you don't... You can like a movie. You can't like a movie. It's, it's okay to disagree. It's okay to disagree with certain movies. Everything's okay. Yeah. Everything's just making so, sure it's still okay. Uh, by the way. Huh. Yeah. Turning Red. I ended up liking it more the, than you. The reason why I brought it up. What were you going to say by, by the way? Oh, no. Yeah. The reason why you brought it up. was because this movie, I, 
and I and I would imagine there is going to be some uh, some criticism of it being like a prime example of what's been going on in Hollywood for years and years and years, which is the lead characters are, are, are white people going through their adventures and all the people that are supporting them, literally trying to help these characters survive are, are much lesser characters and all minorities. And it's yeah, not a great look. It's not a great look. That's going to be the complaint. I don't see the complaint. I mean, it's just that all these uh, POC characters, actors, they get a job, POC. right? Yeah. People of color. Yes. Oh, Pac. Yeah. Pac. Isn't that like kind Pac. of a... No, no, it's not a pejorative. I feel like it might no, be. It's, no, it's not. It's not. I feel it's like like people, yeah, people use that. People but minorities, yeah, minorities, uh, I, they get a job and they're good. They're, they're good in the movie. They're good in they the are. movie. They are. They're fun. And, the one guy reminded me of Adam Saylor, the, uh, the plane guy. And you, well, the assistant, one of her assistants is played by Patty Harrison. Remember the assistant who had all those throwaway lines, which were yeah. some were funny, some were not? Greg zeroing in on the one uh, supporting character that's not a person of color, by the way, just to let you know. Oh, she's part Asian and white? Is she? Yeah. Really? Part Asian and white. Patty Harrison, yeah. She look, yeah. She's, she's mm. mixed. Like Claire. Like my niece Claire. Mm. So anyways, she stars in a movie released last year called Together Together. That's a rom-com, and it's freaking excellent. And she leads that movie with Ed Helms. So Together Together must see with Patty Harrison, if you like her in The Lost City. Together Together, a fantastic movie and actually really uh, touching and resonant and very well done, really well written. Double feature with Come On, Come On. Yes. No, no, no. It's it's on that. I haven't seen Come On, Come On, but it's probably almost up to that level. Now- Come on, Greg, and you voted? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Get out. Yeah. Was Come On, Come On up for anything at the old Golden Globes? No, because people like me didn't see it, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's my, my bad on that. My bad. Sorry, A24. Now, this movie, Lost City for me, it's a recommend. It's three and a half stars. How many stars do you give it? I'm thinking you're giving it not even three stars, maybe two and a half. No, no. For a rom-com, oh. I, it's it's a it's a better than most. I don't honestly, I don't see many rom-coms. I, I do oh. a pretty good job at avoiding them. Three most of them, when I do see them, I'm angered by them. I just how dumb they are. This one is very, very stupid, but it knows what it is. It stays in its lane for the most part, and it doesn't try and get I hate that, that thing where like... Uh, comedy or absurd comedies try and get a little serious in moments and there were a couple times where they're asking me to actually care about these people uh, and, and their ultimate fate there's no way that Channing Tatum or Sandra Bullock's character or any harm is going to come to them and they actually ask me it's like watching a superhero movie like I don't I'm never worried about Superman dying it's just I'm not concerned right so a couple times they got but for the most part, uh, in New it stayed in its lane. And it's a, it's Innocuous escape sphere. Can a, we say that? It's a it's a three and a half star rom com. Wow, it's better than most every rom com that I've seen, and I've seen at least ten. Anderson, you gave three three stars to the outfit, <laughs> and you gave three and a half stars to the Lost City. Yeah, it's shocking. So I know. By, by, wow, but it's it's confusing. That's why I don't like the star system, Greg. This is the perfect <laughs> example. I personally like the outfit more. Oh, you're, you're talking. Yeah, you're, you're tying for the a, rating for a rom com. This Fair. is a three and a half star movie. It's okay. better than it needed to be. Okay, very good. The outfit could have been better than it was. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I mean, they both could have been much better than that. Fair. Okay. So that is the Lost City, March 25th. I think finally we're, there's a movie that's coming out on March. 30th that you want 25th but there's still two there's still two i mean we should spend a second uh just talking about the duke right the duke oh the duke oh the duke greg uh, roger uh mitchell uh is the director of the duke roger, roger mitchell uh michelle what michelle oh yeah. jesus that's right of course michelle British. it's been a long time it's been not on hill which i've caught up with just like two years ago uh Mich- michelle you just, caught, he, he you just caught up with it yeah I that's seen a it. perfect it, movie i've seen it twice yeah, perfect it's, uh, it's very good i don't know about perfect he also did another movie that my friend swears by it's like his favorite movie of all time called enduring love which uh daniel craig i haven't seen it yet 
Yeah, no, neither have I. Gonna see that. Anyways, he's got a, a new one uh, coming out called The Duke, and The Duke uh, stars Jim uh, Broadbent, who uh, is very good, and it's about By the way, it, a 60-year-old I... taxi driver uh, who, who steals a portrait of the Duke of Wellington from the National Gallery in London, and it looks like a, 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 it's a biog- biography comedy drama. I've always been a fan of Ro- Roger Michel. Uh, I Mitchell. I like my I Mitchell. like I, I or Mitchell or Michelle. I loved uh, my cousin Rachel. Thought that was really underrated. And in 2019, he came out with a family drama with Kate Winslet called Blackbird. He passed away in September. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is interesting. Yeah, no, you didn't. He passed away last year. So what's interesting is so this is the, the his last feature film. But then there's another documentary called Elizabeth. I'm thinking maybe it might be on Queen Elizabeth. I don't know. That's coming out. No, it's about year. Elizabeth Moss. It might be about Elizabeth Moss. No, Elizabeth, a portrait in parts. So it should be in, on Queen Elizabeth too. Now, so there, it's interesting. He's passed away. So the Duke is probably post-production, obviously, with different people. We'll see if the Duke is any good or the documentary Queen Elizabeth. But he's had a really interesting career. Excellent. And of course, the good Affleck, Changing Lanes, Samuel L. Jackson. I was kidding. It's not Casey Affleck. It's Ben Affleck. In, Wait, he directed that. Yeah, he's had Changing a very lanes. He's had a very what? diverse career. He has had what is a he, very Joel Schumacher. No, no. Hey, this no. Uh, the Duke has been playing uh, in different parts of the world. Uh, I'd have to imagine because it's already got three thousand ratings on IMDb, and so far it's a, a pretty uh, respectable six point nine on the IMDb. No, so very good. Uh, yeah, I, I can see this. Stateside. I we'll can see, see this being uh, going going down smooth. Okay, yeah, yeah, and he's a very good director. So rest in peace to Roger Michelle or Mitchell, as you, you like to say. Elizabeth Moss. And Elizabeth. You know, she's a uh, Scientologist, but one of the new wave of Scientologists, which we're going to see more and more of, obviously, because of time and how uh, nature works, she was born into it. That's so so Scientology was new enough that they were all, you know, adopt, adopted Scientology as their own. But since then, they're, they've had children who are born... Born into the religion. Okay, very interesting. Interesting. Uh, maybe you and I are missing out, Anderson. Well, Speaking of missing out, Greg's getting nervous. I, I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know what. How are you not going to talk about everything everywhere all at once? How are you I not going to talk I've about? Never that? even heard of it. Never what? even heard of this. Movie. I heard you what talking is... to another critic about it last what? night. <laughs> did you just catch me on a lie? I absolutely did. This is yeah. made by the Dans, who uh, <laughs> made their their music video directors. They're 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 a little bit out there. They're... Do you like their stuff? I hated Swiss Army Man. I absolutely so Swiss Army Man. Which starred Daniel Radcliffe from The Lost uh, City. Yes, I know. Yes. I thought about him just farting his way across the ocean numerous times last night while watching uh, The Lost <laughs> City. God, I hate that movie. <laughs> the Swiss Army Not Man. The, yes, yes, yes. Swiss Army Man relied on one joke, which was uh, a, 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 a farting uh, corpse through the entire movie. They're like, do you think a, a, a corpse that's dead, uh, 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 philatulating is funny? Oh, I got a movie for you. Because it's the same joke over and over and over and over. And I, I just, I, I was so bored, Greg. Did you like it? Did you like Swiss Army? I, 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 I appreciate it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I, I also like Weekend of Bernie's. So, you know. I, Weekend of Bernie's was more palatable because uh, he was. There, <sighs> on that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But so. I, 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 I respect the fact that they were taking a chance, <laughs> which they absolutely did. Uh, very original. That's what's army made. Anyways, they got a new one coming out called Everything Everywhere All at Once, which comes out the 25th. You know, it's getting great reviews. SXSW at the fest. Huge, great, great. Acclaim. I'm hearing good things. I'm yeah. hearing very, very good things about this Everything Everywhere All at Once. And I, I from what I gather, just from what I've read about it, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's very clever. Did you did you read the actual plots, the slug line, the official slug line from? I guess this is coming out for. Is this an A twenty four film? Feels like an A twenty four film. But did, did you see what the? Uh, yeah, it's A twenty four. Do you do you know what the log line is? Plot line. Very I mean, I'm, quickly. I'm looking at it right now. 
The film is a hilarious and big-hearted sci-fi action adventure about an exhausted Chinese-American woman, played by Michelle Yeoh, who can't seem to finish her taxes. <laughs> that's a different that's a one that I read. That's a, plot, that's a plot line. The one that I read was an aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universe con- universes connecting with the lives she could not, she could have led. Oh my God. So it's like well, Spider, I, I, sorry, I'm such a terrible reader, but it's, it's, it's kind of like Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse a little bit. I like the A24 official plot release for that. was kind of cute. Is it like Hollywood just figured Levity. out that there's Asians in the world? I figured out myself. I didn't. Isn't I thought that I, weird? I, I thought I was white. Like if you if you lived recently, in a capsule, yes. there's like a, if you lived in a room, like let's say old boy style. Yes. Oh, that kind of destroys my whole theme here. No, well, if you if you lived in a room and you experienced the world just through Hollywood's top releases or the big studio movies, yeah. you would be like, just over the last couple of years, you'd be like, who are these different looking people? Oh, they say they, they're talking about how they're from Asia. Hmm. Right, yeah, because of all those years of just, just neglect, and now yeah. it's like they're trying to make up for lost time. It's weird. And then there's a deluge of Asian American inspired narratives. I like it, but you know, like bottom line, Anderson, hmm. good or not, um, it's a good thing. But the bottom line, you and I talk about is the movie. Does it work? You know, does the movie work? And hopefully, this movie, everything, everywhere, whatever this movie is called, everything, everywhere, and any all place, at once, all, everything, everywhere, all at once. Hopefully, this movie works. Great word of mouth. Where I'm going to see it next Thursday, actually, in Beverly Hills at 11. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, you're not. Mm-hmm. You're busy. You're busy. I'll tell you how it is I'll next Thursday it. at 11. Eh? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. See, it's in Beverly Hills. Mm. Beverly Hills, I, I hear, is a nice, nice, nice place, nice city. So it's we might be priced mm. out of that location. So if I if I if I go, I have to go over there two hours. If I had a car, I'd say I'd love to meet you there. But oh, okay. I don't have a car. On you don't have a car. I, got, I could always take you there, so we can always talk about it down the I could road. Ride maybe. my bike, maybe. You ride your bike. <laughs> okay, so we'll talk. We about are that trying later. to uh, be good. Uh, yes. Earth environment and yes. yeah, and we we refuse to. I traded in, not I didn't trade in. My 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 lease was up in the middle of COVID on my Dodge Charger, Greg, and uh, I turned it in. And I said, Jillian, you don't leave the house anymore, so I don't think we need two cars. And I said, when we do get a second car, it's going to be electric. And right now, it's really hard to find electric cars. There's a shortage. No. But we are not going to have two uh, gas combustion gas cars. Very good. Ever again. Excellent. Excellent. Hopefully, we have none soon. None yes. soon. It's rhymes with. Uh, speaking of n words. In the good way. No one spoke of that. No, no, we no one spoke of it. There's one more movie that we're going to cover before we wrap this episode up. Mm-hmm. Anderson, this is something that I think you're really interested in. It's in theaters on digital rental on AMC Plus on March 30th. Stars an actor that you really in, you really appreciate, and who knows, maybe it might be good. I don't know. I, I'm I'm very uh, I don't know. I, I I don't I forget if you like True History of the Kelly Gang. It's directed by Justin Kurzel or Kurzel. So I don't be, think I saw that. You 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 not you never saw. I don't it. think I saw. You it. would no. love it because that's no. the first film ever made was the uh, the Kelly Gang, and the, the the history of cinema. The first uh, narrative feature length film ever made was the the history of the Kelly Gang, and unfortunately they've lost a lot of the the actual film to to time and the nitrate, and it's just gone forever. But. Uh, yeah, and then I remember you going on and on about. I don't think it's an official remake, uh, but it's the history of the Kelly Gang. Yeah, it has a, a, it a has a lot of ago. cinematic flourishes to it. It's I think it's really beautifully edited and shot, and I think the way you like your your films, Anderson, it's just very adrenalized. I think you might actually, if you ever have time, I to, no, to, I should I should watch it. Okay. I should watch Macbeth as well. Uh, I absolutely love uh, Snowtown Murders or Snowtown, as some people call it. Oh, you've seen absolutely that? Absolutely love that movie. Yeah, that supposedly his. Up to this point, that's supposedly his best work. But True History got some really good reviews as well. Kelly but, Gang. 
Right, right, of the right. So, and I think I think you should give that. Oh, the, the, you seen the Snowtown Murders? I haven't seen it's it. Grizzly, yet. Greg. Oh, really? Grizzly, but well, really well done. Okay. Very well done. Like, and when it's not violent and just hard to watch because there's like you know. Uh, dismembered and uh, chopped up kangaroos being sloshed on pedophiles doors, which is a real thing that happens in the movie. Uh, you're, you're just so uh, creeped out by this guy's sociopathic narcissistic, uh, the, his, his ingratiating ways. Cause he's, he's one of those, those guys that just doesn't care about life at all, but he'll smile and, and wink at you. Oh, he's terrifying. Okay. But he's not he's not like fun enough like Chopper or or uh, Bronson to be like, right. oh, at least right. he's hilarious and charismatic. He's just creepy. Well, I'm 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 screener boy Snow for town. you and Bruce and Eric. Let's let's get a screener for, link for all of us. Let's, yeah, let's Eric Eric sent me a uh, screening actually, but I I couldn't go. Oh, of Nitram. Nitram. Oh. oh yeah, I think uh, Bruce Nitram. and Eric are really loving that, loving that, but I'll get all of us screener licks for Nitram which comes out March 30th which Tight. stars Caleb Landry Jones and Judy Davis, Essie Davis, I believe she is the wife of Justin Curzel. Weird so, uh, release date. Uh, is it just because it's it, middle of the week? I don't know. Yeah, and it's it's, it's a theatrical release, right? Limited. It's a theatrical release, but I think probably they're they're working on some because if, if it's going to be on AMC Plus and digital, maybe they're already making their money via that those those streaming services. But it's getting some really good reviews as well. Is it available right now? It's available. I could rent it. I could have rented it last night. No, we, on March thirtieth, everything will be available. Oh. One hundred twelve minutes, and uh, yeah, so. Yeah, it's. I believe it's based on a true story, so it'd be interesting. If yeah, it is. Wrong. It's based on a shooting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Caleb Landry Jones from uh, the billboards. What? How many billboards? There's three. Uh, three billboards. Three billboards. Though. Yeah, three, three that billboards. She, she couldn't and, afford a fourth. Yes. She put all. The thirtieth is a Wednesday. What am I talking about? Thirtieth. A lot of time movies. I remember back in the olden days, guys. When I was growing up watching movies with my dad, uh, you could always uh, that was a uh, a telltale telltale sign telltale yes uh, that uh, a movie was going to be good because they'd release it on a on a Wednesday and they knew that the word of mouth would get I you going that. and make a bigger weekend. So I forgot that whole thing. If a movie was really good, that doesn't exist anymore. Does doesn't it? really, but apparently it does with Nitrom. <laughs> but yeah, you like the the prestigious, really good movies that are going to have good word of mouth. They would release them on a, on a Wednesday, and then by the time Friday, so much water cooler talk had happened that everyone was like chomping at the bit uh, to champing at the bit to go see the uh, the uh, the movie Friday or Saturday. Rotten Tomatoes, forty two reviews are actually actually forty three reviews, ninety one percent on it. You, you praying at the altar, yeah. Oh, so praying at the altar of Rotten Tomatoes. All right, All right that that uh, wraps her up. Let's do some video. Oh my god, look at the time. We gotta get going. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do it quick. Just like you know, I, I usually do. Oh, no, Greg. Sorry. Okay, very good. Thank you guys so much for listening to Cinematics. Uh, subscribe to our channel. Subscribe to Anderson channel. What else, Anderson? Uh, we yeah, we'll talk to you. Uh, give us a nice review or something too. Yeah, I mean, nice. it, it, it helps. It helps with algorithms. And uh, you, you and Eric and, and Bruce are doing a great job. And we're just ex- we're trying to expand this and just get you know they more. Both, they both suck as human beings. More you know, Bruce Perky and more Eric favorite. Combs. They're just I don't passionate like movie yeah, talk sure. going. Uh, you know, because movies are like a dying art almost at, at this point. It's it's yeah. it's sad. So, uh, you know, the, the more discussion and the more people that get turned on to these things, the better. So we're doing the Lord's work. Okay. Yes, we are. See you guys.